considering, considering Cliff, that you were there then and all that you saw, how surprised are you that George is where he's at today? Uh, I'm not surprised at all because I know George. First of all, when people are clobbering you and you got a drug that is known to suck up your time, it sucks up your energy and your, your focus. This dude cannot be that unfocused because he's still putting out records at the same time. Now, the deal is, I used to see him, and and it's like it's like being you're the gorilla at the zoo. Everybody is ogling you. Okay, you know why they're there because they they keep coming. They never stop coming. You dig what I'm saying? They're always looking at you. And they like to say, ooh, 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 look at that. I know George to be like this. First of all, he sleeps with one eye open. And if it and if he has something in his head, it might just be a plan. He planned it. Because sometimes this thing can be used as booty. Sometimes it's just fodder for people to like to report on. Uh, and yeah, he attended the party, but it wasn't as pathetic as people would like to have made it sound. So it's funny when he, you know, it's not like this guy, he, he just got tired of partying, but it's like, you know, there's no junkies today unless you're on heroin, unless you're on that uh, opiates. You know, and he's a hater of opiates and alcohol and cigarettes. So, a little acid or what are the kids doing? Oh, yeah, he tries or whatever. Okay, and he moves on. I'm sure he did the, some acid in the day. Okay, was, is that what they're doing? Cool, acid. Yeah. Forever, how long a time that it takes to go through examining yourself on that thing and he examined himself on whatever things he 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 did. I mean, but I can say that he honestly never encouraged anybody to do it. And I listened to this, like these documentaries of oh, how he brainwashed people to do this and that. This dude is a dude that's trying to get a song out. He's trying to stay in the game. And hey, you guys, let's have fun because we can actually be pathetic and all go on welfare. Right now in the hood, oh, we can make a song and all look like rock stars. Got your choice. But, you know, the business is also made up of PR and storytelling. People people tell shit. They, they tell lies. They Or they, they blow the story way up. And I've been, like, honored to be the invisible kid in the room watching all of it, watching it, hearing what people are saying. You know, you can hear you can hear what people are saying. You go in the next room and have people, <laughs> but they don't tell the part that when they went in there and they do the little dance and he doesn't really want to be bothered, but they want to do the dance and, and hey, heard that there's some whatever over here. Now they, they are the perpetrators of the party. So they run out of being exciting and he needs them to get away. Now he's the
BS. A whole lot of BS, bro. You know. That was that was a funkadelic track. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> guy, I know we got to wind this thing down. I appreciate you spending so much time, Clip. How'd you get the nickname? I got this name from Lynn Mabry and Dawn Silva. And the reason they call me Clip is because I used to wear, when, like I say, I was a, a different kind of 70s kid. I was already, I was beyond glam and punk. It wasn't no glam and punk out there yet. But one of my things was like I was this crazy hippie with a bunch of safety pins going through my through my nose and through my ears. And so I did safety pins and then I did paper clips to make chains. And so when I first met the girls, it was like, they, you know, nobody knew when I stopped calling myself Michael. You know, they knew me, people knew me as Michael in, in, in the studio. And I was just Michael. And then Hampton, started to come in the studio and he was like, what's your name? And I had uh, Michael and he got, it's too many Michaels in this bed. You know, now my name is William. I never used that. I didn't even know my name was William until I got chumped over upside the head from a teacher. So William, I didn't use. I thought it was a corny name. Michael was who everybody that I know, you know, they called me Michael, my real friends. And what Michael's saying is too many Michaels. The first incident, next incident that happened was the, the, the girls came to, I picked them up from the airport. I brought them to United and they had been there for maybe a couple of hours. And then somebody said, Oh, I'm hungry. You know, uh, how do we get some food? How do we get to the food? So they get, you know, they just started to go and like, you know, ask the guy, what's his name? Oh, and, then, and one of the girls go, I don't know, Clip. And they all went, tee And I, I looked around the corner and I go, okay, from now on, that's my name. They said, oh, no, we don't, we didn't mean anything. I said, I know, but I like it, you know? And from that point, I was Clip. And, and my first, you know, thing, of being like really busy on the road was like as Lynn and Dawn's handler. I was, I handled their clothes. I handled, you know, we even picked the the singers. We, all discussion about the band, I was kind of like their their valet. Were were you at that uh, Starwood gig in 78, I think was our first show? That yeah, was, that was, was the sex actor. Uh, that was crazy scene, man. It was hot yeah. in that. It was so hot in there. Yeah. What was that crazy uh, uh, X-rated actor that was that kind of ran that place? He, he he made a mess up in there too. John Holmes. John what? Holmes. You remember yeah. John Holmes? That was his joint. That was kind of like his joint. Yeah. What was it called? The Starwood. Starwood. Yeah. I, yeah, I was there that day. Yeah, I was a guy with green hair that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember Bird had the face paint, and that was my work too. Yeah, I was. I did the faces. I did Bird's face every day. 
Like that was. I remember when the band was just the the um, because we did a tour. The first tour with the band leader was Kush. He became the band leader, and it was the rubber band was the band. And um, because the original idea was the Skeet and Tyrone were going to be the brides thing. And then I remember Tyrone was going to do it. The, the girl that was going to be the drummer was going to be Sheila E. Sheila Escovito. But nobody, she was already working with Marvin Gaye and, and, uh, and they messed around and did that reach for thing with George Duke. So she was like too busy. You know, she was busy, but she was friends of them uh, from the Bay Area, and they all had plans. And that was going to be the girl group. Was so her, her and Lynn go way back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, matter of fact, my my uh, first wife w- went to high school with all of them. You know, yeah. That's how that was. My, that was my crew. The, I was. I remember when Bird first came. I remember. And then the next tour, because uh, Bird was like the only, was the member of the band. Like, who was the drummer? Yeah, Frankie was the drummer. It was the rubber band, was the band. Junie every once in a while would, would play. And then. We came back for the next tour, and uh, Gary Hudgens and Gary Hudgens, uh, no, I, maybe Cherokee was already there. We, but we got Gary Hudgens and uh, Dennis Chambers became the new new cats. I think we were all up in Stone Ridge, Stone Stone Mountain, Georgia. When I met all those cats, because they were all coming from like, uh, I think Dennis and them had been playing with the Grady's, Shady Grady's bunch. That's the thing is P Funk. P Funk is a lot of groups who end up like. You know, maybe two guys from your group is going to play with two, three of these guys from this other group. Like one time I'm sitting and we had a show and it was Ricky Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the back and I'm having like, you know, I'm going to have me some lunch. And a guy says, hey, you know, you you playing with the, playing with George? Said, yeah, good. he goes, hey, I got a little. Here we go again. I got a little. Uh, Funkadelic history, right? Uh, cool. Turns this dude was not lying, and this guy is shit. Goddamn, he played. He played almost all of that album. Take it to the stage. His name Reggie McBride. Oh, the guitar player on Get Off Your Ass and Jam. No, Reggie McBride is the bass player on most of that album. Like, you know, because when you get into this whole myth making bullshit, you get into like, you know, I have P 
people fighting like, you know, Billy versus Boogie versus Boosie. It's like, you know, there's a Bobby and a Jim and a Joe over there, too. Yeah, yeah. I like a, a interview that I saw and it was uh, listened to. They took it offline. It was with Prakash John. Did you listen to that one? No. Prakash John said he, he got to Toronto. That was already on the tape was like Billy from old session. There was Boogie new on the tape. And George is going like, okay, now put bass on that. And he's like, well, there's bass on the thing. You know, I know. But that's America East is Young. That album's got like all kinds of... A lot of people on that one. Yeah, and it's not the... It's not the... Uh, nobody ever mentions the fact that Dennis Coffee is like there at the very beginning. You know, because... You, you, we spend too much time trying to defend on what kind of band this is. And, and this band is an American band. If, if there ever was one, this, I mean, like American, not in the fact, not even in the sense that everybody's holding an American passport. But as far as the, the melting pot and the diversity on these albums, you know, uh, there was a guy. Um, see, I, I done sat through all this. So I, I, I'm i watching this cat named Bruce Nazarian. You know, you're listening to the cat on these records and everybody's screaming, oh, listening to Eddie Hazel's really good. This guy, Bruce Nazarian, from Bad Company. You know, this is on the record. I used to see you sitting in the, in, if you're in a session with George Clinton, Anybody could walk in that door. I mean, that's how Felipe came walking in the door with some braids in his hair. Um, I still had, uh, well, I wasn't no longer working at, at my place, but I remember that John Edwards was waiting, was kind of like waiting understudy for the Spinners. Spinners was firing had already, like, uh, uh, Felipe had walked off and he had a little local record and that was kind of cool. It was probably top 50 record around Detroit. And then one day he comes walking in United Sound with some braids in his hair and big beads in his hair. And he was going like, well, you know, Felipe, when? What are you doing? He goes, hey, don't get it twisted. I came to Detroit originally by way of Boosie's he was a house guest. I'm going, oh, history there. Came by way of Boosie and ended up taking his cousin's place in the spinners. Ended up walking in that room and we're working on knee deep. And he said, hold on, don't you? I got a part. Get out there and do it. I mean, once he walks out there, he takes over. I remember. Junie showing up for the first time, like in a big Rolls Royce, you know, coming in from Dayton, Ohio. Like, wow, Junie! Now, I was a Junie fan, and I was that whole entire time. I'm going, what the hell is he doing here? You know, <laughs> you know, why is he? How? How is Junie? Um, it's the same as 
being on the road right now was was supposed to be like the farewell tour. You know, sitting with watching the, the one of the opening acts. You know, this young lady, she's the leader of the the opening act that's been out there with us. Oh yeah, the Wolf. Uh... Yeah, most people take that take that 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 for granted, and I go to looking up the the, the keyboard player like because she runs the band like. Let me see what she does. I hit her name. She's standing on stage with with uh, Leonard Bernstein, London Symphony Orchestra, just acing this soprano part like, like, oh, that's who she is. But like to me, she's the best funk story there is because She's out there in some big pink boots, you know, and she's 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 got she's got music music academia down to the point that she don't have to prove it no more. It's probably just to free her mind for a minute, like she's funking and rolling, and I, you know, every once in a while you get to see people. Who get that kind of story? And I like being in P Funk because I'm I like to be a part of seeing people have some kind of life change thing going on or some life enhancement, some happiness enhancement. What what do you think is going to happen with uh, George finally stopping? They. What do you think is going to happen with with George finally stopping doing shows? You all gonna cry? <laughs> no, I mean. Is the new generation going to keep going for shows? And if they do, is it going to be anything beyond? Uh, is it going to still be which new generation? Uh, well, there's you about the generation that's coming. Well, I, first, I, first off, there's the middle generation. I think. Your, uh, I think. Uh, honestly, I think. If there's one who, who, if he had a vision and wanted to do it, Treze could possibly, Treze, I think, got it and gone if he wanted. Um, but, but I don't know if, it, if all of it would be P-Funk to me. You know what I mean? Uh, I got, like, I'm a little bit jaded in, and a little bit narrow-minded in the way that I think of what my funk is. Everybody's got that. So I probably listen to somebody's thing and go like, nah, they missed the mark. You know, uh, but I like, I, I like Garrett's records, but I don't know that he's a, a front person for something like that. I think he's a, actually, I, I, I'm watching Garrett because Garrett's a late bloomer, but Garrett's a late bloomer. So, and listening to it right now, the the amount of just on the amount of inertia that he has on becoming what he's going to become, it's, it's coming, it's coming, and he could easily. Uh, he could easily become a mark that we can 
that I'm sure that us older cats who love funk a certain kind of way that we could endorse. Um, Because he thinks that way, you know. Um, I wish that some of the some of the ways that he wants to write. I wish that George uses some of that more of it. Um, but you know what? I listened to a song with George. And it was Gary Scheider. I forget which song it was, but it was like Gary Scheider singing it, singing the heck out of the song. And then George is like really proud to say, like, that, that was George, that was Gary's audition. You know? And I could tell you, the first time Gary, he said that uh, Fuzzy may have written the song and sang it first. And then Gary was like there to, you know, sing it. Uh, Gary was straight up heat, brother, when he, from the word go, like, like you, not, not some kind of like, oh, he'll get better. He was better than, than the best then, you know, uh, so it'll take a while for the rest of them to, to go, to, to go to that. Cause that's the other thing too, with, to me with P-Funk, you know, like, People who live in the DMV, they think Obey is the perfect thing with some folks like Lawry's. You know, I believe Gary Scheider was the ultimate additive to the people. That it didn't matter. And that's what the way it was for, for me uh, with drugs. You know, well, no matter what we were doing, if you add Gary Scheider, then you got, you got some other kind of magic going on. So... Do you, do you have a particular all-time favorite track? Smokey. It's ringing in my head, right, when you say it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Smokey. Uh, Smokey. Smokey was... Uh, just that album. What was that album? Hardcore Jollies. That's the first first Funkadelic album I ever done. Can't be top, bro. <laughs> Can't be touched. Everything about that. I can't hear you now. About it was so freaky and badass. The whole album. Yeah. Yeah, when you talk about having to listen to it multiple times exactly my first one i definitely had to listen a lot to finally click but when it clicks man it clicks yeah um is there anything else you want to uh get across or share before we wind this thing up uh uh i quit oh uh I'm not going to be happy until I'm a participant in a P-Funk-based Broadway play, a P-Funk-based epic, epic movie, like, movie where uh, I 
I won't be happy until all that stuff is done. And I'm my, I'm on a quest. Like I'm a, I got one problem. I got nobody's taking me serious because my name doesn't do that. You know what I mean? But uh, I just got into a I just getting into practice and standing in front or behind cameras now because I really want to be in that game. Um, so I got one right now. I got, I just did a, 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 a movie with a kid around the corner from here that's given me more recognition than I ever gotten from February to now than I ever gotten with P-Funk in my whole entire career. Like, nobody knows my name like that. But in in this movie, to actually have Roger Ebert critique the movie, say it, you know, they say the movie sucks. I thought the movie sucked, but something that's kind of like lo-fi artistic way, it's called The Plagiarist. Have you heard? No, where can you uh, watch it? Uh, right now you can watch it at somebody's film festival or something like that uh, it's been in it's been to maybe seven or nine film festivals and I I'm in it it's it's done with a budget that like you know it's done with a budget that you could probably buy um a garden of white castles with, you know. Like, so, but something about it is funky. It's like uh, a low-grade camera. Um, you look it up. It's uh, the plagiarist. It's uh, um, plural. So you're going to try to do more of that type of thing? Yeah, uh, right now, I may not, I'm getting old, so I'm, I may, maybe, uh, what, what's your average older black guy part? I, maybe, you know, I can keep him there with the voice. I don't know. Well, you're like really young compared to Morgan Freeman or uh, even Sam, Sam Jackson's getting up there. He's still getting big parts. Yeah. Yeah. But they, you know, they've been around for a while. Them. Yeah. You know, I think about it now. It's like, you know, um, they couldn't have been, what, 45 when they could jump in on the scene, you know? And they, and even then, they played old guys. <laughs> My best Morgan Freeman movie is uh, the movie that he played with uh, Christopher Reeves as a pimp. Oh, Street, uh, Street something. Street Smart? Street Smart. That's, let me tell you something. Nobody has utilized Morgan Freeman correctly. That's a good movie. That's a great movie, dude. People like, that, that's funky. That's funky. Like, know you know, uh, the pimp is not wearing a gaudy big outfit with, with you know, funny hat with fur. He's a pimp. It had the grit, yeah. He's He was a real pimp. He's like, he's at the the cheap place eating like fish sandwiches and lots of hot sauce. I, you know, that guy, that's a pimp. You know what I mean? Um, and I thought he played that right. Like, to me, 
that's like Denzel playing the bad guy. Uh, uh, with Ethan Hawke. Yeah. yeah, it's the same. Like you, they. That's when you know they can act. You know. Yeah, I dig that stuff too. Yeah. Um, so, how can people keep up with what's happening with you? Uh, well, we Google me. Clip pain or Michael Clip pain or Mike Clip pain, and you might want to say hit the part to say news. Because like, if you hit news, you'll, you'll see my reviews. And you'll notice that for P-Funk, I maybe have two or three reviews in 40 years. And for <laughs> my new venture. As a matter of fact, I, what's happening for me next is to put out this 420 record that I've been waiting to finish, but I've been too busy. Studio or live? I lost you. Yeah. It's a studio record. Studio. Yeah. Uh, first 420 studio record, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. Well, definitely look forward to that. Yeah. Is it true? Is it true that you're retiring from the road? I thought that's what they said. They're doing shows like farewell and goodbye and so long. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, like standing there, go you know, tap dance. Not yet. I'm not finished. Like my deal is like I've I've had enough. My back hurts. I want to do something like sit around and and write a story and get paid. Um, for some other crap. I mean, I've actually, I gotta say, I do P funk well. And so and so what? You know what I mean? So I want to do something else that like gives me a rise. Like every once in a while, I need my blood to rush. You know what I mean? Um, and I can do P funk, but I but I'm not leaving P funk until there's the last breath of air in it. Are you working? Are you still working at all with George? I heard there's another Parliament that might come. You know. It's what I, what I learned when I when I was younger in the band, and you see people like Pat Lewis and those people who've been with him since the very first album, and they're still going, "Boy, George, you something else with your mess." That's what that is. I'm I've made it to the age that I can turn around to George and be like, "Man, you something else with your mess," and not be on the record and still be a part of the thing. And that's where I'm at because. I I've done that. He's given me entry into the industry on a much larger platform than I would have gotten, and with less of a headache trying to make somebody understand where I was coming from. First of all, I never wanted it to be seen like that, so that's the reason even in P Funk I do it from some kind of invisible man type way because the stage don't really do it for me. And and every time I look back at me, it's like there's nothing to get. So, but I did love that guy that stood in the audience the first time I saw Funkadelic, and you never knew he was there. That was George Clinton. So I like that. You know, he doesn't he doesn't get a chance to do that because he has to be seen. I don't have to be seen. Now, when it comes to a time 
<laughs> when that time comes where somebody's going to say to me, well, you could be more, you have to be more in their face for some reason, then I, I may do it. But, um, you know, I'm in my 60s and rock and roll is a 18-year-old dude's game. You feeling okay aside from your back? Uh, I ain't gonna die soon, but but <laughs> I, but I do want to be in health. Not traveling around, I'd rather be picking up my my granddaughters and my grandson. You know, I got six grandkids, and I wow. I like that. You know, uh, I'd rather have some stuff where it's like, well, what do you do? You used to do, Grandpa, and I'm showing it. But then let me take that back because I don't want to be, I don't want to drop out to the point that I miss it to the point that I set and dribble and die, you know, out of either loneliness for the, for that. Um, so I never, my answer is, I don't know. Um, I know what I can't do. Like my hands are bad, so I don't touch things anymore. I can't play it. I can't feel, I have a different sensation. I don't feel the soul in my hand because I don't feel my hands like I felt my hands 20 years ago. I don't, these hands are new, older hands that pinch nerves. It's like needles and pins just to touch, just to put them to touch each other. And that's what I've been dealing with, you know? And yeah, yeah. And in the meantime, I'm riding the luggage thing to get to a gig. It takes, you know, we got exactly, you know, 16 hours to get to a gig. Then we had a show last night and you get to the place and you, everybody needs you to be as happy and entertaining as, as their $20 is going to warrant. And, uh, You know, I don't have the ratings points, so I can't even say, well, hey, like, my, I, had, I had a thing, my, my, I used to want to get out of the business. Like, I've done my, I've done my thing, and I want to out. And my mother said, if you're going to walk, you know, walk, but don't get, like she's really gets disappointed with me saying I don't like I'm having a bad day. Most times, if I'm online and I'm saying I'm having a bad day, it's probably me arguing with one of my kids, and I'm probably talking to them, hoping that they get me. But people read into it and go, "So what did George do to you now?" And that's that's been hilarious for me. <laughs> uh, uh, so I like the, my social, my social network. This is me being an asshole on, on the thing. Uh, cause that's funky too. <laughs> like what is funk for you? For me? Yeah. So many things, but, um, it's a feeling. Mm -hmm. It touches me like in places that nothing else does. 
Okay, some people get the Holy Ghost. It's kind of religious feeling. Is that one of those kind of things? It definitely does that. Okay. And um, also just it's a, it's a vibe. I mean, it's kind of similar in a way to, you know, you're talking about hippie vibe, but it's sort of like that. It's the, the, the free spirit vibe. It's the soul aspect. No. Were you ever dead it? No. No? No. I don't. I mean, I respect your abilities, but okay. it's got to be, the musically, it's got to be just a little more rhythmic and hard-hitting for me than okay. that, like, real, like, noodling kind of stuff. Okay. You know? Um, but, um... I want to make a re... A, I'm making a remake of... Uh, I haven't finished it yet, and it's the one that, like, once I'm finished with it, and I can go voila with it being done with some integrity. I'm doing a, a estimated profit, and that's the that's going to be uh, just because people say that you know they try to they always talk to me about the similarities with P Funk and the Dead Scene. And yeah, they say, well, yeah, and they always say you know why don't you do a cover? But the ones that they always say to me, that's that's when I get into like, just because it sounds like another one bites the dust, that doesn't make it funky to me. I like the one that I like was uh, estimated because it's elastic. It's gonna, it's, it's kind of like how I I like hearing P Funk's uh, when those cats knew how to play around each other and we it's the only one that does that for me like that's the only song they had that did it for me that way so I want to tackle that and give it back to them and that's my statement to the deadheads like this is funky and then few people who've heard it they're like you think that's funk I'm like in reality I think if you were on the darker hue side, it would be the only song that you thought was funky to me. <laughs> hey, it's just been it's been a blast talking to you. So thank you so much for the time. And thank you for all the, the time you've put into the funk all these years. Yeah. I'm hey, and thank you to the funk for all the time that it's put into all of us, you know, and all the the um the fun. I'm to 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 everyone who has his concept of what is funky, I salute you. For real. Hey, back at Truth and Rhythm headquarters. Thank you for joining us on another magical ride with Truth and Rhythm. Whether you're watching or listening, as always, thank you so much for your continued interest and support. Be sure to subscribe. Go to YouTube. Go to the Funkin' Stuff channel. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives and breathes and thrives. Also, goodies here like TIR Quick Takes. And if you subscribe, you know what? You get the show before anyone else. It's free. If you love jazz, funk, R&B, soul, you can't miss it. Pass it along. Tell a friend. Tell family. This audience is growing, and it is a beautiful thing. All coming together for the love of this great music. Also, if you can 
throw us a buck or two. We could use the support financially, keeping the lights on, keeping the servers going, all these expenses. If you can help support the program, whatever you can give, much appreciated. Go to the funkinstuff.net website. And on the right-hand side of every page, you just click and you can donate through PayPal, credit card, whatever. Very easy to do and so much appreciated. And if you do a sizable donation, I will mention you on the program. Also, drop me a line. Email me at scottg at funkinstuff.net. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the show, what you enjoy about the music. Let's just kibitz and uh, talk about stuff, you know, talk music. You'll find that I respond very quickly, and I much enjoy the uh, rapport and the camaraderie and the interaction. Always remember, this is your show, The True Music Lover. So for now, that's all the time we have for this one. It's a wrap. As always, Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one.